What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. Cool, cool, cool. Hope everybody is enjoying their week. It's going to be kind of a random podcast, but I think a fun one. Intended to record this earlier in the day and was going to preview the CSU women's game against New Mexico. That game already happened. The Rams fell 64-59 to at the pit. I'll lead by talking about that game a little bit, and then we will transition over to the football side of things because it is a really important recruiting weekend for the program. A lot of juniors are going to be on campus, a couple of transfers as well. But really, I mean, the the focus of this program is going to be recruiting high school guys and ultimately developing them. I'm going to talk about that. We'll talk about the most recent commitment, which is a punter. And then I'm going to end with the question that I posed on Twitter. And that is, if you could guarantee a victory against Boise State or Wyoming in 2023, what would it be and why? Got some great answers on that. I think it's a challenging one to answer if you really think about it. But we'll get into that later in the pod. Real quick, four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. If you're not a new customer, don't worry. You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Just looking at the app here, one of the SGPs I constructed was Jalen Hurts' anytime touchdown score, Philadelphia Eagles to cover the minus 2.5 spread, and Christian McCaffrey over 29.5 yards. That's already plus 390 before the boost. And I just think there's really good value there. As talented as this 49ers team is, as many weapons as they have on offense, I just have a hard time seeing Brock Purdy going into Philly and dismantling what is a really good Eagles defense. I mean, that D-line is legit. Offensively, Philly can really run the ball. To me, this is where the carriage turns back into a pumpkin for Brock Purdy. I just think Jalen Hurts is the superior quarterback at home. I like the depth around him. I think people are discounting the Eagles after they kind of stumbled for a couple weeks with some injuries. They've been the best team in the NFL all year long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, CSU women's basketball lost a tough one in the pit, 64-59. to They fall to the Lobos, who are only 12-9, 4-4 in the Mountain West. The Rams now 13-7, 6-3 in the Mountain West. This was just a weird game for CSU from the get-go. Only scored 12 points in the first quarter, only 7 points in the third quarter. They had these long, drastic, cold stretches. Also had these stretches where they would get hot. But for a team that's typically lights out from behind the three-point arc, they only went 5 of 23 in this game. That was definitely a major factor, as were the 11 turnovers that the Rams recorded. This is a group that typically values their possessions as well as anybody in the game. But this was a tough one. UNM really brought the pressure. They had seven steals. And while CSU never laid down, they just could not create enough offense consistently in this one. The shots just weren't falling. It kind of felt like a men's game in a sense with the way that they were just so streaky. But this is a tough loss. It's a tough loss for CSU just in terms of 
the the implication in the standings. Rams already had a win over New Mexico, so it's not the end of the world. But every game is going to really count here down the stretch because the seeding in the Mountain West tournament is going to be big. You want to best position yourself to the easiest run at the the title game possible. And I mean, this team is dangerous enough to make a legitimate run. McKenna Hofschild, Destiny Thurman, they could play anywhere in the country. And when this offense gets rolling, it's a sight to see. I mean, it's why they've had so many blowouts. But if you're Ryan Williams, I think what's concerning is now CSU is 0-5 in games decided by five or fewer points. That's a trend that's got to change if the Rams want to make any type of postseason run. When the game gets tight, and it inevitably will in some of these February games, and of course the Mountain West Tournament, you really got to lock in. And as frustrating as some of these performances have been to this point, I think the reason for optimism would be you have one of the best point guards in all of college basketball. There aren't going to be very many games where this Rams team struggles to shoot the three ball like they did against New Mexico. If they are having an off night, though, you know, you can put the ball in the hands of McKenna or Destiny and live with the results of, of trusting your best players. But the fact that this group is 0-5 in games decided by five or fewer points, it, it's definitely alarming. Going to have to work through that before we get to March. Just briefly going over some of the numbers, McKenna Hofschild led the Rams in scoring. She had 18 points, 7-16 from the floor. Uh, two of four from deep. Again, it was a tough day for just about everybody in that regard. Six assists also led the team. Uncharacteristic five turnovers. That's probably even more surprising than the struggle shooting. Uh, Sydney Mack also had 13 points. She pulled down three rebounds. Uh, Destiny Thurman had eight points, five boards. Callie Clark led the team in rebounding with 10. She also had six points. But ultimately, the story of this game, a couple of really brutal cold stretches cost CSU in the end. You've got to credit UNM for the defense that they played at home. That's legitimately always going to be one of the more challenging places to play in the conference because it's one of the very few fan bases that actually draw a pretty decent attendance for their women's team. But this is one you wish you could have back. The Rams are a better team than the Lobos. They demonstrated that in the home win. CSU won that one, 76-65 on January 7th, cruised to a double-digit victory. Maybe we'll get round three out at the Thomas and Mack Center in the Mountain West Tournament. The Rams are in action again Saturday at 1 p.m. They will take on Air Force in the Springs. All right, let's transition over to football talk. I do want to shout out Shady Rays, though. Kick off the new year with new gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. One of the things that really stood out to me, you know, some polarized lenses, they make things a little bit too dark. It was a super bright day. The sun was out. Uh, I have sensitive eyes to the light. I I mean, I really am a baby when it comes to it. But, uh, you know, my eye doctors have told me you need to wear sunglasses. Sometimes it's hard for me to see. I need my normal glasses. I put these on. Man, it was awesome. It took away all of the glare, but it didn't make it so overwhelmingly dark. I didn't feel like I was, you know, walking at nighttime. And I love that. And what's really great about Shady Rays is they offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. 
Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long-term after you purchase. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code DNVR or visit them in-store at Park Meadows Mall for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades Rated 5 stars by over 200,000 people. Again, that code DNVR. Check it out, ShadyRays.com. All right, it is a majorly important recruiting weekend for CSU football. There will be a ton of juniors on campus, a couple of transfers as well, but really this is about you know, really locking down those relationships with the guys that you hope to sign in the 2024 cycle. And there's really a lot riding on this. I mean, the 2023 and 2024 classes for CSU are going to play a major factor in, in how successful the Rams ultimately are under this regime. It's the foundation of the roster, and it's largely going to be the guys that are going to be, you know, contributing, at least in theory, for CSU in the years to come. There's a lot of veterans that are going to play key roles for the Rams on the team in 2023. Some of those are CSU holdovers. Some of those are Nevada transfers. But when the guys like Jacob Gardner and Torrey Horton and Clay Millen, even to an extent defensively, you could look at Mo Kamara, obviously Jack Howell, Henry Blackburn, Chigose, Anusium. When these guys are no longer in the picture, you've got to hope that there's been enough talent brought in and then developed and kept in-house. That's a, that's a tough part as well. But the hope is you'll have gone out, identified guys with plus athletic traits, developed them, and you're ready to rock. The track record, whether it's Norvell at Nevada or a small sample size of what Freddie Banks did at Montana State, is really encouraging, as is the work that they have already done at CSU in this 2023 class, depending on what site you look at, the top-rated or a you know top-two recruiting class for the Mountain West Conference in this 2023 cycle with room to improve still. You still have a couple of scholarships open. But when it comes to recruiting, it's all about the long game. It's about establishing these relationships with these guys in high school, their families as well. That's how you win if you're CSU. It's by getting these high school kids to believe in the future of your program, what you're establishing, to believe in the the coaches and their abilities, but also just who they are as men. Ultimately, it's a relationship business. Having cash to throw around at players certainly helps your cause, but it doesn't guarantee that they're actually going to buy into what you're trying to accomplish. And it also doesn't even guarantee that they'll stay there long term. How many of those guys from the Texas A&M 2022 class took the bag and then dipped after their freshman year? But the reality is CSU is not going to build their program that way. They don't have the the money to throw at players in the first place. It's why you didn't see quite as many uh, FBS transfers come into the program this year. I think it's going to be harder than ever for teams like CSU, even Boise State, Fresno State, to land quality G5 transfers because if they're a quality G5 player, they're going to get a ton of interest from a P5 team. I mean, Jay Norvell said it best. It gives lazy recruiters at the p5 level that missed out on these guys a second opportunity and i think a lot of them would probably benefit from staying in the g5 anyways when you look at what tory horton did or you know elijah cooks chevin cordero some of the guys that went from nevada to san jose state getting an opportunity to play and star right away 
you're not necessarily going to get that at a P5. You might just be a depth piece for them. But that is what's happening. Some of these schools in the P5 are essentially treating the G5 as a minor league system. And I hate phrasing it that way. I just mean in the way that they're they're poaching talent as if it were a call-up or something. Look at how many guys Washington State signed out of the Mountain West. Anyways, I know I'm all over the place here, but it's not going to be like that first class under Norvell where the the bulk of your signings are are coming from other FBS programs. For one thing, the NIL transfer component really ramped up right after that. And also it was just such a unique situation. They only had like less than 10 days on the recruiting calendar to try and put together this entire class. It was a weird scenario. And it was one that we're not going to see again when you look at this class, this 2023 class, they did get Dallin Holker, a really talented tight end from BYU. But even that was a weird situation with, you know, his wife being a part of the equation and needing a quality track program to land at. So I think they were kind of a package deal and CSU got lucky in that regard. But the majority of their signees are going to be high school players and they might land a couple of transfers, but they're probably going to be guys making the jump up, whether it's FCS or JUCO. And you'll hit on some of them, but the portal is is a gamble. And that's why as much fun as it would be to be landing these five-star transfers, and, and don't get me wrong, if CSU could be a program that did it, I certainly would not be opposed to it. But that's just not the type of program that CSU is right now. Maybe if they establish all kinds of long-term success, you could open yourself up to a different realm of recruits, similarly to TCU. But the long-winded point of all this is if the Rams are going to be a good and competitive program under Norvell in these next couple of years, especially like beyond 2023, assuming that he's here, it's all going to start with how they're able to recruit at the high school level. Weekends like this, when juniors are on campus, that's big. That's how you start the relationship. This past cycle, I was really impressed with the amount of long-term commits that ultimately stayed true and signed. You know, they, they lost a couple. Richie Anderson flipped very late in the cycle, ended up signing with Fresno State. He's going to play tight end there, was originally going to play linebacker at CSU. Israel Polk was committed, but only for like a week, and then he flipped to Pitt. A couple of other transfer guys that were briefly committed flipped. But when you look at the high school guys, the the people that were committed, you know, for months on end that verbally committed either last spring or in the summer or at some point during the fall, most of those guys put pen to paper, and that speaks to the recruiting efforts of this staff and the work that they did all year long. CU is counting on players coming for one weekend and being wowed by the flash of Deion Sanders. And for the short stint that he's going to be in town, it's going to work for them. I, I really do think that. We'll see what happens with the program when he inevitably dips for Florida State or Miami or whoever it may be. But much like the way that Sonny used to recruit and develop, under Norvell, it's going to be about relationships and development. And I think those are two strengths of both Norvell and this staff. So I'm very encouraged about the future. And I think it's going to be key for a program like CSU establishing not just a hot season, but actual sustained success. Keep an eye on the DNVR Rams Twitter feed. We'll be reposting guys as they tweet about their time in Fort Collins this weekend. All right, we're going to move on, and we are going to go into that question I posed on Twitter. If you could guarantee a victory against Boise State or Wyoming in 2023, who would it be and why? I did want to update you guys on the most re- recent excuse me, CSU football commit, Will Hutchinson. 
He is a 6'4", 215-pound punter at a full shear high school in Texas. Not going to spend a ton of time on this because I won't lie. I'm not a punting expert or anything like that. It, it does look like he has potential, though. He's a traditional-style punter, uh, has a solid leg, you know, nice booming ball that comes off his foot. Just looking at Huddle, again, I'm not an expert. It appears that he needs to improve his hang time, but that's typically the case with young punters. I still expect Patty Turner to be the starter this fall. I know there were a lot of up and down moments with him, but the staff does seem confident in his abilities and just giving him the benefit of the doubt. I do think strategically, a lot of the time, what they were trying to do was just prevent the potential of a big play and not necessarily flipping the field in the most dramatic way possible. After getting to watch Ryan Stonehouse for five years, I think that made it particularly challenging for CSU fans, but I also bring up the catastrophic plays under Adazio that happened because they didn't play it safe. So there's a lot of different ways to look at it. To me, the big thing is you just need to have competition at every position. The Rams really didn't have enough depth or competition at any position last year other than maybe like safety. But having the constant threat of potentially losing your job to somebody that's up and coming, that's big and keeping these guys locked in and focused. That's why... You know, even if you're the most talented player in the world at a program like Alabama or Georgia, you're going to keep working your tail off because guess what? There's eight other guys that have just as much talent and want to play just as much, if not more, because they're not getting that chance. For the final eight weeks of the season last year, though, it was really just about having enough bodies to be able to field the team for the Rams. It wasn't about encouraging competition. Like, they just needed to stay healthy. Hope that they didn't end up with too many walk-ons on the field all at the same time. But congrats to Will Hutchison, latest CSU commit, 2023 punter. We shall see what he looks like in the summer. Cool, cool, cool. Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion, and there's no better way than to watch a game than having some Breck Brew on deck. Breckenridge Brewery has been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Made with 100% renewable energy. Gotta love that. Also have to love the epic selection and variety that they have. Mile High City Golden Ale, Avalanche Amber Ale is my personal favorite other than Mountain Beach. Not really sour season quite yet. We're getting there once the sun gets out again. Of course, they have Broncos Country Pale Ale, Vanilla Porter Jr. Check it all out and more at breckbrew.com. Find a beer near you. Also, tomorrow afternoon, I'll actually be broadcasting live from Breckenridge Brewery. We'll be doing the draft pod as we typically do on Fridays. That will be live at Breck, uh, 4.30 p.m. If you come into the farmhouse and you mention DNVR, you can get 10% off your order. Additionally, when you get hurt, Backus & Shanker is here to help. Backus & Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. Free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with you about your case, no fee while they work on your case, and no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222. That's 222-222-72s to find out if you have a case for free. 
Bacchus and Shanker wins. Finally, before we get into that question posed on Twitter, I have my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. I am going with the Philadelphia Eagles money line. Just going to take them to win straight up. You can get that at minus 145. A little bit better value if you take them to cover that spread at minus 120. But I like having the buffer just in case there, just in case that San Fran defense, just in case those San Fran playmakers do enough to make things interesting. I said earlier on the pod, I do think this is where uh, the magical ride comes to an end for Purdy. I just think Philly is too deep. I think in that scenario, we're going to see the best of the Eagles. It's just a great home atmosphere. They've got the best offensive and defensive line in football. That's a recipe for success. That's why I'm taking them straight up, minus 145. That, and they have the better quarterback. Lock it in. DraftKings pick of the week. All right, all right, all right. Yesterday, I posed the question on Twitter. If you could guarantee a win against Boise State or Wyoming next fall, which would it be and why? I also added that both are league games and essentially count the same, at least going in. You never know how the 2023 season is going to play out and whether you know a win would ultimately count for more in the standings or better your chances at a Mountain West championship. But I do think it's a fun question because the stances that people have, they tend to be very confidently about. For some folks, the answer is Wyoming because it's the oldest rival. It's typically the most important game of the year. The bronze boot, the history, local bragging rights, everything that go into it. To some people, there is no question you could pose if it was, would you rather be Wyoming or don't even finish because the answer is Wyoming. Most years, that would be me. I've talked a lot about how I think the Wyoming rivalry matters a lot more than the CU game. I mean, it's a conference game first and foremost, but I just appreciate the history of it. It's a complicated dynamic depending on when you went to school. Most people my age definitely hate CU more. But for me, it's always been about Wyoming, and that's why I'm surprised that I I think I would answer Boise State. And the reason that I say that is... Boise is the national brand that gets the attention in the conference. It's like San Diego State in basketball. If you beat them, you are just going to get more attention, more respect on a national level than if you beat anybody else in the Mountain West. But more than that, I just think it's this hurdle that the Rams have to be able to get over if they ever do want to kind of make that ascension as a a program, as a potential G5 candidate to make the jump to the Pac-12, the Big 12, whatever, who knows what conference it may be. At some point, though, you've got to show that you can hang with the best of the best. And ultimately, this is a series that's gotten much more competitive. For the most part, there are a couple of outlier performances. You know, the the debacle under Adazio 2019 was bad. But going back to like 2013 or so, for the most part, it's been a competitive series. It's not as if the Rams have not been able to hang with them. They just haven't been able to get over that hump. And as much as I care about beating Wyoming, and just because I'm answering Boise State doesn't mean that I would accept a loss to Wyoming with a grin, I do think that from a positive momentum standpoint, just with the national narratives and even just the belief inside that locker room of what they're trying to do and what they're building, I think beating Boise State goes a little bit further. They've been the measuring stick that you compare yourself to in this conference for over a decade now, and unfortunately, CSU has always come up short. 
to me, beating them would be an indication that things really are changing in a major way and that, you know, you're really on the right track under Norvell. Even some bad Rams teams have managed to steal one against the Cowboys over the year in the context of the rivalry is always going to make things close. They've never beaten Boise. Not once. And if they could just get that monkey off their back, I, I think it could really do big things for this program. That's my two cents, at least. Be back with more content tomorrow and throughout the weekend. We've obviously got the men's game coming up against Boise State. It would be huge if CSU could find a way to steal one. Regardless of outcome, though, you know, I'll always be there making content for y'all. Shout out to the entire DNVR Rams community. Much love. Stay warm out there. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice The water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly Like not from